the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Not to boom. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ben. Ben, you startled me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Noel. It was not my intention to startle you. You startled me so much that I forgot to announce my name, but you <laughs> did it for me, so thank you for that. <laughs> you know how you did that, though? You dropped a bomb on me, Ben. You dropped a bomb mm, on mm, me, mm, right? Disco beat, disco mm, beat. Mm, mm. Mm. And, of course, we would be remiss if we did not shout out our super producer, good friend, uh, Casey Pegram, who is, uh, who is sipping a coffee and, and gave us a cheerful, a cheerful nod and toast. A good day. A good day, yeah. And we're at the very end of the year as we record this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the magic of podcast uh, post-production, we'll be giving you this episode later, but it is, in fact – very close to the end of the year as we sit and record this right now. Yes, absolutely. And uh, here in the podcast world, as we approach the end of the year and vacation times and stuff, things can get a little hectic. So both of us are a little bit punchy and filled with some nervous energy as we're finishing everything up this week, right? Totally. And we can relate to this idea of multitasking and having to really scramble to get things done. And such was the case during the Cold War when America was gripped by paranoia surrounding a potential nuclear war with Russia. And part of that involved the clandestine um, transportation of atomic bombs over American soil. Mm-hmm. And again, with that theme of multitasking and scrambling – Sometimes, uh, you know, mistakes are made. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, gosh, what an infamous understatement. Yes, sometimes mistakes were made. Uh, multitasking 
is tricky. And when you feel like you are juggling something while you're driving something, while you're also doing uh, a very difficult math in your head, uh, maybe you begin to feel a little bit like uh, something approaching a pilot. And imagine if one of those things you're juggling was a 7,600 pound or 3.4 metric ton nuclear warhead. Once upon a time, friends and neighbors, in January of 1953, the Gregg family moved into a home in a rural part of eastern South Carolina, and it was on land that their family had owned for a century. Would you describe it as idyllic? Yes, yeah, bucolic even. Uh, they had no idea that five years later, they would earn a very strange, distinctive, and dangerous honor – uh, by becoming the first and only American family to survive the first and only atomic bomb dropped on American soil by Americans. Our pal Lori L. Dove wrote this great article for How Stuff Works. She did not bury the lead. The title of the article is The U.S. Air Force Dropped an Atomic Bomb on South Carolina in 1958. And that, <laughs> friends, is the subject of today's story. And it's in, we want to be clear, it is an accidental Bombing. It wasn't as if the Air Force said, you know who's really bugging us? The Gregg family. So on March 11th of 1958, two of the children of Walter Gregg, Helen, age six, and Francis, age nine, were playing with their nine-year-old cousin, Ella Davies. They were just palling around. They had a nice little playhouse in the backyard near a garden patch. And uh, the father, Walter, along with their brother, Walter Jr., mm -hmm. were working on some projects in a nearby tool shed. Yes. Uh, Just a lovely day. Yeah. What could go wrong? You can almost hear the light music in the right. background, right? But elsewhere, high in the air at 4.19 p.m., a member of the crew of the U.S. Air Force B-47E bomber uh, futs things up a little. Mistakes were made, and uh, the crew member accidentally released – a nuclear weapon that landed on the girls' playhouse while they were about 200 feet away and the family's nearby garden, creating a massive crater that was had a circumference of about 50 feet. Oh, and was more than 30 feet deep. Out of nowhere. Just... But, you know, a more... A more dramatic sound. Yeah, significantly more dramatic. This created like a shockwave that cracked windows and shook homes in the nearby community of Mars Bluff. And it flattened their – this playhouse just – to nothing. And there were chickens that were described as having been vaporized and it basically just – put a hurting on their entire property. Mm -hmm. All of the buildings, their outbuildings became uninhabitable. It literally changed the slope of their land such that the foundation of the home was no longer secure and it injured at least somewhat everyone around. Right. Yeah. Luckily, it was not a fatal injury for everyone, but the it's difficult Although we laugh about it now, it's difficult to fathom the amount of emotional distress this would cause, right? So before we dive into detail uh, about the specs and stats of this bomb, let's look at what was happening that day. 
right? How did this crew get up in the air? Where were they, where were they coming from? Where were they going? Earlier that day, the crew was part of a training exercise that would require the bomb to be loaded into an airplane and flown from Savannah, Georgia, across the Atlantic to England. This was a mock mission. Think of it like a training exercise. Yeah, Operation Snow Flurry is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And so... Captain Earl Kohler, who was the pilot, Captain Charles Woodruff, who was the co-pilot, Captain Bruce Kolka, the navigator, bombardier, and crew chief, Sergeant Robert Skreptok had arrived at Hunter Air Force Base just outside of Savannah to fly in this operation. Skreptok. That mm-hmm. is a fascinating-sounding name. If it was just uh, just Skreptok instead of Robert Skreptok, it sounds like a character in a sci-fi or fantasy film. You're like, like Star Trek or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Skreptok, Lord of the Igneous Rock People. I love it. <laughs> in this world, he's an Air Force pilot. Uh, so, as Noel, as you said, what was the name of that operation again? Operation Snow Flurry. Operation Snow Flurry. They carefully load the bomb onto the plane. Takes about an hour. They put it into a shackle mechanism that's designed to keep it in place. But they had a difficult time with a steel locking pin. Yeah, they actually noticed that there was like a light, a fault light that started to glow. And that told them that the bomb's locking pin had not properly been engaged. So navigator Captain Bruce Kolka went to take a look. So while Captain Navigator Captain Bruce Kolka is investigating this light and finding the source of the fault, he accidentally hit the emergency release pin as he reached around the bomb to pull himself up. The device hit the bomb bay doors. It wasn't uh, really a pin. It was like a, like a, like a lever. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah. Lever. And he, uh, when he did this, when he hit this, it forced the doors open. And can you imagine, Noel, the look on this guy's face as he watched it leave the plane? Yeah, I mean, the way I've seen it is he was kind of um, crawling on top of the bomb, sort of had himself positioned like arms and legs spread, mm-hmm. trying to get to this pin. And then when he sort of lost his footing, he reached out and grabbed this release lever mm-hmm. and all hell broke loose. And, yeah, he apparently, as that bomb fell out from under him, he, he was left. It. He was watched it, but he was left suspending himself from that handle and, and whatever else he had a foothold and a grasp on there. And just watching, looking straight down as that mm-hmm. bomb hit those bay doors, eventually the weight forced them open, and then it was bombs away. And we're very lucky that he didn't fall out as well, yeah. right? Because he's, as as you said, he's staying there, picture a, a letter X just hanging out uh, with nothing between the ground and himself except for a very dangerous drop through naked air. So back to the idyllic Greg family homestead. Mm-hmm. The children are playing the uh, the boys and and the, the father are are at work in the shed for 19 p.m. Right, and they look and they see this bomber flying overhead, but that would not have been an unusual sight at the time, especially not in the 1950s. Exactly, because these kinds of runs were pretty common. So when this chaos went down, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Gregg was uh, was quoted as saying he thought that the plane had crashed. Can you imagine just the chaos that would have ensued mm-hmm. and just not being able to fully wrap your head around what had happened and just trying to figure out the possibilities? And certainly the first one, the go-to, would not be, 
oh, the Air Force accidentally dropped an atomic bomb on my kid's playhouse. Right. And so as we said, all five members of the family were injured, as was the cousin, Ella. But they had no idea what was happening. It wasn't until later that night when they were crashing at the house of their family doctor that they learned it had been a bomb dropped by us, by the U.S. Air Force. Now, here's the thing. The most serious injury sustained in this event was the cousin, who I think got somewhere in the neighborhood of 31 stitches. Mm -hmm. And you may ask, but Ben, Noel, this was a nuclear warhead that was dropped on this family's house. Where's the mushroom cloud? What about the radiation? Where's the nuclear fallout? Why does Mars Bluff still exist? Where where are the ghouls? Why is this not, you know, like Mad Max overnight? Especially considering that this Mark 6 bomb was actually larger than its predecessor, the Mark 4 or Fat Man used in World War II. And the look of this thing is 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 uh is pretty cartoonish. It, mm-hmm. it looks like kind of something that you would see in a Looney Tunes cartoon. It should have acne, acne printed on, on the side. side. Or or it makes me think of that scene in Dr. Strangelove mm-hmm. where Slim Pickens rides the bomb cowboy style. Which Kolka got close to doing. Exactly. Very, very interesting. And the same time period uh, that's mm-hmm. being described in that, that paranoid Cold War fear. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man... How have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> You're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
But here's the thing. We, we did kind of bury the lead here a little bit. It turns out that in order to transport these weapons, they would be uh, what's called safed. In other words, they still had explosives in them, mm-hmm. but they did not have that nuclear payload, that core of right. plutonium. And thank God, because as we said at the top, this was a mock mission. This was timed to see how long the operation would take were to happen in a genuine conflict. So they did safe it, but safing it is not the same thing as just making it a dummy bomb. It did possess explosive power. It did explode. It did not, thanks Sweet Pete, contain any sort of nuclear payload. Yeah, that part was actually transported separately, mm-hmm. which, you know, good good on you, Air Force. <laughs> smart, smart, smart going. Uh, and, you know, this thing did lead to updated security measures where it was absolutely required that these locking pins be in place at all times, mm-hmm. um, even during takeoff and landing. I would think especially during takeoff. I mean, that's when yeah. they could get dislodged and, you know, they'd yell at us about our overhead luggage bins that may shift during takeoff mm-hmm. and landing. Watch out. I would think it'd be pretty important to have that locking pin Make sure that that bomb didn't shift during mm-hmm. takeoff and landing. And in this mission in Snowflurry, they actually jury-rigged it a bit because they used a hammer to bang the pin in place. <laughs> Can but, you imagine banging a nuclear yeah. warhead with a hammer? This is interesting because it may seem ridiculous to us now, but we have the benefit of hindsight in a very real way. The technology behind nuclear weapon detonation changed as a result of this in a very, very important uh, fashion. So back in the 50s, in this time, one thing that's so scary about knocking this thing around with a hammer is that nuclear weapons had a trigger that compressed the uranium-plutonium core to set off the chain reaction of a nuclear explosion. And things like this Mark VI that got dropped on the Gregg family homestead could be set off or triggered by concussion, which means anything from shooting it with mm-hmm. a bullet, knocking it on the ground. Dropping it on a playhouse dropping it on a playhouse. And so the bomb's trigger did explode when it hit the ground, uh, when it hit the ground of the Greggs. The ground of the Greggs. I'm feeling that one. If the nuclear components had been there, it would have been a massive catastrophe. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people would have died. Because, you know, I I hadn't heard of this story until we looked into it for the Mm -hmm. show. I would bet that many listeners have not heard of this the U.S. accidentally dropping an atomic bomb on an unsuspecting family in the South. And that's because at the end of the day, nobody died. Mm-hmm. There was no atomic fallout. Right. It was not a catastrophe of epic proportions. It did, however, become one of the driving forces for a very important change, which is that today nuclear weapons are um, going to be set off not by concussion but by a specific type of electrical impulse. Uh, Within days of this accidental bomb drop, the Air Force published new regulations that I think you already mentioned, right? Oh, yeah. Where they said, hey, guys, let's uh, make sure that we don't, you know, act. we want to drop bombs where we are supposed to drop them. No more of this willy-nilly, you know, pin hammering business. But what about the Greggs? What about, I feel like we've, we've talked about the near miss Right. That occurred. But what about the actual Greg families and poor cousin Ella? Well, they never returned to that home 
out there in in the Mars Bluff, they received about $54,000 in damages from the Air Force. Yeah, which by today's standards would be in the neighborhood of half a million bucks. Which is not too bad. No. But you also, we have to think, you know, they own that land. It was in their family for 100 years. Mm -hmm. There's some things that you can't really put a price on. Yeah, and they moved to a nice little cozy bungalow in nearby Florence, South Carolina. And this became, of course, we don't know if Walter Gregg was the kind of guy to hang out in a bar. But we do know he was a a church member for all of his life. Uh, Wherever he was hanging out and spending his free time, you know this was his go-to story. When people are spinning tales, uh, you know, he, he pointed it out. Not too many people can say they've had a nuclear bomb dropped on them. Oh, and also... Uh, he was a former paratrooper, so he's familiar with aspects of military aviation. Mm-hmm. And he also spent most of his non-military life working as a conductor for the railroads. And he finishes that quote with, and not too many people would want to. <laughs> and I would side with Walter on that point. Um, to this day, you can actually go visit this site. There's a historical marker. Which is beautiful. It's beautiful. Embarrassing historical marker. <laughs> it says, atomic bomb accident at Mars Bluff, March 11th, 1958. The bomb landed in the woods behind the asbestos shingle-sided home of Ouch. the railroad conductor Walter Bill Gregg, born 1921. Gregg, his wife, their three children, and a niece were injured by the concussion which destroyed the house and outbuildings and did slight damage to buildings within a five-mile radius. And that's when we say slight damage, think of like the windows yeah, breaking. exactly, yeah. exactly. So they, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this story is there's something that I picture as a very Wes Anderson moment. It's that the Greggs and the Air Force crew, they got in touch with each other and the crew – would hang out with them because they felt so bad, you know, and write them letters. And to me, I just picture something in a lost Wes Anderson film where, you know, there's this immaculately decorated and uh, choreographed room, right? It's perfectly set. Everything's just so. And then uh, Captain Kulka, navigator, walks in and says, hello, this is the anniversary of the time that I accidentally dropped the bomb on you. And then Walter Gregg says, yes, Captain, I'm aware. And he's like, I have brought you this gift. And, and then, they, then they eat a, a, a nice Thanksgiving-style meal together. Uh-huh. And he's like, I brought you a gift. And he's like, well, I hope it isn't another bomb. And speaking of bombs, there is also – you can go to where the crater is and mm-hmm. it's still there. It looks kind of like a crappy pond right now yeah. um, because it's basically just – you know, it's it's obviously filled in over time. Um, but it's still there. It's it's it, it just tends to be full of standing water. And there's a plywood, silver spray painted, it looks like plywood um, – actual size bomb. It's like a silhouette. Yeah. yeah. MK6, 7,600 pounds. And there's like an Instagram photo on the How Stuff Works article with the girl standing next to it and saying, I've been wondering for years where exactly this atomic bomb site was. And we finally found it. We do want to say that it is on – you can visit it. However, the site is located on private property. The Greggs did sell the land. Yeah, in 77, right? Yeah. And it's currently on private property. There's no public access road. So – we don't want ridiculous history to be a sh- known as a show that uh, encourages trespassing. So do check with the uh, do check with the locals before you uh, go on an expedition. And be careful not to get snake bit. 
or get a tick or something. There's probably some tall grass around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to get to it, you have to go through this abandoned lot that used to have a trailer park and walk through a totally overgrown path. And then you come upon this crappy pond that was created by the one and only time that an atomic bomb was dropped on American soil by American forces. And so this, this got me thinking as I was, as I was reading this, I was remembering this poem by Elizabeth Bishop called One Art, which is the art of losing isn't hard to master. That's that's the first line, and it goes on. I don't want to ruin it. It's it's worth reading. It's no poetry short. spoilers, Ben. No, no poetry, poetry spoilers. spoilers on ridiculous history. Right. No trespassing. No poetry spoilers. <laughs> uh, but but it, it's a poem essentially about how easy it is to lose things, and it also inspired me to to think about the other times that nuclear weapons around the world have been lost. And it turns out that since 1950, there have been 32 nuclear weapon accidents, uh, the accidental launching, firing, detonating, theft, or loss of weapon. I mean, around the world, you know, in, in Canada, in England. And the strangest thing that happens is in, uh, in a few cases, the exact location is unknown. There was a, a incident in March 10th of 1956, just a couple years before this incident uh, in the Carolinas, where a B-47 carrying two nuclear capsules on a flight from Tampa, Florida to an overseas base was reported missing. It didn't make contact in the Mediterranean when it was supposed to for second refueling, and no one ever found the plane. It's just out there somewhere in the ocean. Yikes. Yeah. So at least 32 of these broken arrow events occur, which is why that John Travolta movie is called Broken Arrow. Who else <laughs> going to bring you a broken arrow? Who else going to bring you a bottle of rain? And if you were the Gregs, what would you have done when you found out that this occurred? Personally, I don't play the lottery, but I would think my my probability odds are pretty cool right now. Or it could be like a final destination kind of scenario <laughs> where it's like, you know, the Reaper was robbed and then I'd be looking for like any number of things to kill me in my just basic surroundings. <laughs> Which those movies got stranger and stranger and more and more like intricate. I feel yeah, like they had to double down with the Rube Goldberg-ness of it all, you know. There we go. That's the correct phrase. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So I guess we're we're done here, right, Noel? Wait. What is that? Do you hear it too? I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, I hear it now. Wait. Casey, why are you laughing? Oh no. Here it comes. It's time, gentlemen. Oh. oh. Yep, I'm back. It's the Quizster. Quizster Jonathan Strickland. Yep. We thought the show was over. No, no, it has <laughs> only just begun, my friends, for it is time to test. Your ability to tell fact from fantasy. Okay, then, Kink, let's get on with this. So this is the segment of the show <laughs> where in our nemesis, the evil quizster, Jonathan Strickland, uh, comes in to test our ability both to discern fact from fiction, yeah. as he said, and uh, also to... <laughs> To see whether we can work together to figure it out. And right. also to slowly wear us down over time until we crack. And, and for those who did not hear the previous installment, here are the general rules that hold sway from one incident to the next, which is you have three minutes. What is this accent you're doing? Three. <laughs> I'm trying something out. Three. I'll probably have a different one every time I'm on. Okay. Okay. Three minutes. Three minutes. Gentlemen. Okay. Three, you say. Three. In order for uh, you can talk with one another. You uh-huh. can address me with any questions. If I have any more information, I will give it to you based upon the way you ask the question. I mm-hmm. may not give you all the information you wish, mm-hmm. but you have those three minutes to make your determination at the end of which you must then tell me whether or not the scenario I present to you was fact or fantasy. And I also create an arbitrary rule every time, and it'll change every single time. So last time, you had to precede every question with a phrase. This time, you have to end every question to me with the words tick, 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 boom. Three ticks and a boom? Three ticks followed by a boom, and as, as as soon as I finish giving you your scenario, you will start the timer of three minutes, the enormous grandfather timer, as we have previously established. We spent our whole budget on that thing, you know? I know. It's, <laughs> I really had this whole like like sketch for a costume and a mask, and instead, I'm just I'm just here in a plaid shirt. It is. It's an audio podcast, though. You could be wearing anything. Just use your I imaginations, take listeners. Take pride in my work. Okay. All right. That's so. Good. All right. So can we just do this. Yeah, I'm hanging. I'm hanging on the uh, the edge of the second hand. Right. I'm gonna do a pull up and start the timer when it's excellent. Time. So here is your scenario. In October 2017, the Royal Navy was called out to detonate an unexploded World War I-era bomb, which previously had been used by a family as a doorstop. Start the timer. Okay, okay, so it's a World War I-era 
bomb. Which, and, and a doorstop. So uh, clearly not the size of our mm-hmm. giant warhead that yeah. we're talking about today. <sighs> Sounds more like maybe the size of like a, like a propane tank or something maybe? Yeah, yeah. What and kind of bombs were they using in World War II? Definitely not nuclear. No, no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Quister, could you, could you repeat the salient points one more time? Tick, 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 boom. Yes. October 2017, Royal Navy is called out to a farm in Devon, England, mm. to detonate an unexploded bomb of the World War I era that had previously been used as a doorstop. I'm going to say true. I think true. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna call this one early. I think maybe we will. <clears throat> All right. Are we official on it? Yes. Lock okay. in the answer. Locked in. We think it's true. Gentlemen, you are two for two. Hey! Whoa! Hey, man. Yes. Didn't even have to Roshan <laughs> As it turns out, there was a, a farm in yeah. Devon, England, and the, while it had been previously used as a doorstop, what had actually happened was that they found this bomb inside a wall. It had been placed on purpose inside the wall when the wall was constructed. The grandparents of the owners of the farm said, oh, we used to use that as a doorstop. It was a corroded 25-pound unexploded ordinance from the UK. Hmm. Chances are it was actually uh, fired into the farm area by accident from a nearby firing range. So that's what I was going to ask. Is this sort of like a mortar round almost? Kind More of something along those lines? Mm-hmm. Okay, got a it. A 25-pound shell. Got it. Yes. Very well done. Very well done. So you've gotten one fantasy correct, one fact correct. What will next time bring? Who's to say? Except, except me. I, I have like the next three written, so I... I know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I, the Quister I does his homework. I, we, I, I, you, you know, you can say a lot about Jonathan, but he definitely does. Got to respect the craft. Yeah. You know, got to respect the got to respect the quiz. Well, Jonathan, you know, thank you so much for uh, coming aboard the show. Don't thank him. Okay, Jonathan, I acknowledge that you are here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, we can't we can't really deny it. I. As we've also previously established, I have no way of getting out of this room without someone from outside opening the door for me. Again, we spent a lot of the budget on our gigantic grandfather timer, and, you know, we just didn't allocate the right money for locks. It's it's fine. I'll just sit in the corner. Now get the hands, foul demon! I'm I'm just back here. I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. You can stay. I'm getting a call. All right. Hey? Yeah? Feels great. Okay, yeah, sure. No, I'll... Yeah, no, I'll have lunch with you. No, that's... We're, we're so, recording. So oh. while, while Jonathan makes his lunch plans, uh, we, we would like to. So while Jonathan's making his lunch plans, we would like to uh, thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Ridiculous History, uh, another uh, of, of Jonathan's diabolical quiz segments, which, uh, you know, I could, I could... I could take or leave. But Taco Bell's fine. I'm having a good time. I I'm guess. having I'm having a great time with it. I mean, we're you know technically we're winners now. That's true. Let us know if you're having a good time. <laughs> Write us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right where we are, ridiculous history. And you can also, of course, find uh, our nemesis Jonathan on his own show, Tech Stuff, which is available wherever you find your favorite podcast. 
So be well. Have a fantastic week. Uh, throw us a review if you'd like. We'd mm-hmm. love to hear from you. And stay tuned for another episode of Ridiculous History. Yeah, guys, I'm on the phone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.